Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. Pucker up, Buttercup, because we're talking about Old Bruins and Flanders Reds today. Is there any difference in these styles? And if so, is one necessarily any better than the other? We probably won't answer that question, but we will look into what makes these beers what they are. So grab a beer, maybe some pancakes, some chocolates even, since it is Belgian, and have a drink. drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier i'm christopher walker i'm casey price hey guys hey, hey, hey. Hi. you know it it feels like i just saw you guys it does it, yes and i it, am uh wearing the shirt from that very special episode if you can see it. oh it's a comfy comfy shirt first of all <laughs> i think i think all of us decided the tri blends are the yeah, the shirt yeah. is the way. That's, that's, that's just what's up. It, it is the way. So uh, I guess what it, I have to know, uh, because Casey was doing some digging, and uh, Void is no longer the only sake <laughs> brewery in Kentucky. Well, are, uh-huh. are they technically the first? Like, did were they yes. ahead? Yeah. Okay. So the other sake brewery in Kentucky does not claim to be the first. They say they were beaten by a couple weeks. Because I was in our initial posts, I didn't know if it would be within uh, good uh, taste. I was gonna call them out, and I was just—I <laughs> was gonna say, "Suck it and tag, <laughs> and tag them." See, I, and all the posts I did with the pictures and stuff on Instagram was like, "The only bur- the sake brewery in Kentucky." Is like, yeah. Uh, what the, against the grain in Louisville says is they that um, Void made it to bottles before they did. <laughs> And so they're still trying to get into a bottle right now. So technically, well, and Void can also say they're they're literally the only one that's. I mean, that's what they're about. Against the grain yeah. does yeah. other things. So yeah, they're a brewery of other beers too. I I like to imagine that uh, you know, with the Kentucky beer community being what it was, they knew and they went no 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 in bottles now hurry <laughs> go go go. Like someone, someone's gonna have to not sleep for a few days. It's fine. <laughs> little they know, little they know, a, a handful of guys in a garage could uh, could churn that out. They did, for sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, check out last week's episode, or the, uh, not even our, yeah, last week's last, special. Yeah. yeah, last week's special episode, our uh, interview. And uh, talk with uh, the guy, to a couple of the guys, two of the three guys from uh, Void Saki. Yeah, and that here, here in 
scenic Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> it was a good time though, and uh, oh my gosh, that that cedar room. <laughs> yeah, I just want to smell room. that. <laughs> oh, I drank a whole bottle, by the way, of their sake today. I ha- I had a very rough day the other day, and I I was like real stressed out, and I was like, I need I need to calm down. I'm <laughs> I'm like up up here above, you know. I'm under the water at this point. I need something to, to take the edge off. And I was like, you know, just pop one of these off. And I, I I got through about half a bottle, and I went, I'm not drunk, but I feel real good, and I'm a lot calmer. Mission accomplished. Send the troops home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just just their regular, just, just the messenger. Just pop that in and just like, oh. Yeah. Mm. Good, I, clear crisps. Though I was surprised I, by how much I, I liked I, the Opalescent. Oh, mm. yeah. Uh, I'm all about the reanimator. The Love reanimator you. is great. I'm saving the reanimator for for a special like more than just. I mean, I probably could drink the whole thing by myself in a single day, and that's fine. But yeah. I kind of want to like, like I want to share a little bit of that with somebody. If you all are wondering about these, they have three three different uh, we call them styles, flavors, whichever way you want to take it. They have three different they're, offerings right now. They're all um, great. Oh, reanimators! It tastes like a cold latte. Look, mm-hmm. man, Chris, I'm telling you, when I had that the first time, I immediately went, I have to get this to Chris. Yeah. He mm-hmm. needs to have this. You're right you on. You know, somebody ages ago got us those whiskey stones that you'd put in the freezer and to use instead of ice. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we, and we never really used them. But now I'm like, that would really actually be good for the coffee version. Because, like, you don't want ice to water it down. But, like, the <laughs> idea of pouring it over something, like, cold like that. I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you rush. I mean, you, you can keep them in the refrigerator, keep them cold. But yeah. also, uh, also, Chris, I think we just the day before that we were also uh, down in the down in this neck of the woods for some stuff. We were also down there uh, drinking with the same two guys hanging around <laughs> because they both work at both places. Yeah. Uh, it was uh it was Baba Day. And uh <laughs> Baba Yaga. I may have uh have the previous Baba Day or not even the day, but they when they had their experimental drop, uh, I had some left over and uh they made their way to Casey finally. Uh two of them were drank today as in addition. I to saw that one of the pictures. I saw one of the pictures and I was like, Yeah, you did. That's <laughs> a That's why you're so tired. You're oh, drinking man. all day. I, I drank and sobered up in the amount of time that I've been brewing today. <laughs> uh, it was rough. Sweating I'm hung over right now. I know. He's become a time uh, traveler. He's already at tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Hydrate. Yeah, getting this glass of water in. Uh, uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of driving to Lexington and back uh, for me. One of those weekends where you're like, Prius, good decision. <laughs> and uh, I guess after today, it's a good thing we've got the Prius because I got to go to Michigan to pick up beer because the Day of the Dragon pre-sale happened. And hey, guess what? It was the same beers as last year, and I wasn't going to miss out on getting my fill of Stroop Waffle and mm. Dragon's Milk Triple Mash. Yeah. God, I want an actual I... Stroop Waffle so bad right now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, uh... I was gonna go to go gonna pick up some of that stuff down there with you, but some stuff came up. So things happen. It, things happen. Uh, 
Yeah, we were just like standing Baba in the line for Baba. And just here. You want to head up to Michigan to go pick up beer? Yeah, you know I'm down <laughs> for car rides. Stick my head out the window, tongue wagging in the air. And also, I'm going to pick up uh, some Michigan bourbon, bottled in bond, dragon's milk bourbon. So whiskey. Yes. Yeah. We're calling bottled it bourbon. bond whiskey. Uh, look, whatever typos they put on that bottle is on them. It wasn't until after the fact that I paid attention to the fact that they had uh, the beer barrel bourbon in a rye. Oh. And nice yeah, spicy. I missed that after the sale was over. I was like, yeah, but that'll hit distro. I don't know at what point this year, but I but, will have to hmm. dig around and find a bottle. But everything else I got is available only uh, at this sale. None right. of it will see distro. Yeah. Well, no, I take it back. I got the seltzers, and that will hit distro. Oh. Uh, were these the ones that were, <laughs> that were bourbon water? Yes, yeah. the bourbon waters. Yeah, they, I got a. They had it in a mixed twelve pack where you could get all the flavors. And I was like, "Thank you." I did not want to, have to buy a six pack of each of them. The ones <laughs> that were purchased for science. Yeah, so for science and for New Year's Eve. That's, uh, that's going to be the pucker up buttercup because uh, that's going to be a two hour episode. It's going to have to be for all just <laughs> for the dragon's milk stuff. Every time we talk yeah. about it, I'm like, "What are you doing to? Why do you hate us now?" Well, no, I'm going to take what was it was a power hour the last couple of years. It's like, we got to drink all this. Well, we added some real low ABV stuff and we're stretching it into two hours. Really? As long as I don't come down with the the pandemic of that year, COVID live on live on stream, we're good. I'll I'll go along however long I need to drink. The slow descent into pandemium. <laughs> Pandemonium. <laughs> I like pandemium. Yeah. Pandemium. <laughs> That's my next so, beer name. Speaking <laughs> of your beer names, Casey, what uh, what has had you locked in the brewery and will have you locked in the brewery? What What's cooking in those kettles? Who's, who's put uh, baby in a corner? Hellas Lager today was the first one. That was the one that had the 90-minute boil, 90-minute mash, so it, it took a little longer than normal, about an hour and a half longer than normal. Um, our Mosaic, Magna Mosaic, rebrew on that. I've got tomorrow a Orange Abbey Ale. So um, 100 pounds of um, blood orange puree. Oh. Oh. With uh, in the in the small batch, um, three and a half barrels, and then uh, using an Abbey L yeast. I was, so, if, I was wondering if that was going to be uh, orange peel or just oranges. Yeah, real orange puree from the the um, blood oranges. Um, I'm I'm debating between 100 and 150 pounds. I've got 150 pounds in stock right now. The the key is blood orange is less potent than regular orange. It's a little more acidic, but it's less potent. And so I'm like, do we really want to go a little bit heavier maybe and, and push that? See, I hear more acidic, and all I can think of is, yep, it, <laughs> oranges were already on the no list for me. <laughs> uh, blood, that's what you'll be coughing up after you drink it. Uh, right. uh, which I, I really like the the fact that the or blood oranges are really called sanguine oranges yeah. or something along those. So I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, sanguineous. 
you should the oranges it. you eat. Serve oh, it with the Tums. <laughs> Here you go. Or with an antacid that's that won't give you cancer. Uh, no, um, Tums Tums won't. Xantac is the one. Xantac's the one I took for a decade. Make nice. it like the uh, when we went to the um, the little sour festival, the the fruited sour festival <laughs> that Streetside held, and there was a whole antacid like table oh, set yes. up. <laughs> they were ready. They just oh. had, like, they had glasses full of tums. That's just smart. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. I'm completely on board with this. Because <laughs> oh. they knew everyone was just because it was as, you know as fast <laughs> as you could drink them. Just any <laughs> beer festival, as fast as you can drink it, you can get that thing refilled. And it was all fruited beers. So. It was Ooh. a tasty, tasty day. <laughs> uh, We've got uh, a brown IPA we're doing this week, too, weekend. Um, so I think that's going to be like when we take we're out of festivals here in the next few weeks. Hmm. Uh, no no so cold nice. IPAs? Not going to jump on that bandwagon? What's a cold IPA? Um, it's basically, it, it's using a lager yeast making an IPA. So an IPL. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> a lot, a lot no. of teasings going on uh, in in the communities for that because people are making hoppy loggers and they're like, wait, right. you misspelled cold IPA. Mm-hmm. I've made IPLs before. They're all right. I like them. Um, I, they just I, don't have the same rounded flavors. Yeah. I was just thinking when you said that, I was like, is it is someone marketing them as IP? As a... As, um, uh, Cold IPA. Cold IPA Look, is the style. N- no, it's not. <laughs> I formally Stop. petitioned the BJCP to not allow it to become a thing. Oh, for sure. Uh, I I don't have enough tables to flip today. <laughs> Get, <laughs> <need> more <laughs> tables. I'm gonna have to go to, go over and just like buy a bunch of tables from like Walmart or something and just set them up and just like, ah. You like dollhouse tables. That way you yeah, just I was gonna say do the zoom like, in oh. and then like, like you're, yeah. It's not not nearly as satisfying. You just set them up. You gotta have tables desk, so you can flip them like they're the uh, the little finger skateboards yeah, and you just yeah. flip in those little tables. Now you gotta set up a full table, load it up with you know all like a full place setting. You know, put a little cornucopia or something in the middle, <laughs> and then. Or, or do the office thing like you need a keyboard, a cup of pencils. Mm. I have not seen The Office, so no, 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 no not just the a office, office, just an office. Oh, oh okay, okay. And we yeah, we haven't seen The Office. Either. I thought it was like there's some sort of joke from The Office where they like they flip tables. It's like, man, I don't know. Oh no, I would. From my understanding, I have no idea I've never seen it, but my understanding is the show's way too dry for that. Mm. I don't know. Derby today. There was a derby. Oh. Uh, I believe it happened in Kentucky. Yep. I, I paid I won. zero attention. I won 350 bucks off of it. I think it may have. I think it may have happened while I was running, and so I just one didn't <laughs> care to start with, and two didn't care when it was done. Yeah, probably happened while I was mopping up pee. <laughs> At least you got a hardwood. Yeah, that's uh, thankful for that, because there's been urine everywhere, <laughs> and even before potty training. Yeah, Chris that's... just peed everywhere. <laughs> I'm not housebroken. It's a problem. <laughs> Brittany keeps setting down pads and newspaper. And... She did ask the question. Yeah, like, earlier we... I was like, should we just get puppy pads? Like, what? It's like, no, that, that doesn't it, have that's... a problem. No. 
That's just going to make him think he can go there forever. <laughs> it's just that he's having no problems with the daycare. They're like, oh, no, he's he ran to the potty on his own and all this stuff. We're like, that's great. <laughs> great. Like, he, won't, he won't look at the bathroom for us without <laughs> breaking down and screaming. And then, like, he went in there today, and we sat on the potty for, like, ten minutes. We watched a whole episode of something on the iPad. And he goes, done, all done, stands up. He hadn't peed. We're like, cool. And we're, you know, no diaper, just pull his underwear up. And we're like, all right, go wash your hands. He climbs up and starts washing his hands and then pees the floor full. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you were just on the toilet. Does that power three move. times today. Mm-hmm. It's a power move. <laughs> He's asserting his dominance over you. <laughs> oh, it was definitely I, I a power was, move the yeah. first time it happened because he was sitting up. There's one rug we own a single rug <laughs> he's sitting on that single rug this the first time we have him in the underwear he hadn't been in the underwear for like five minutes sitting on the rug playing peas all in it and, and he stops scoots away from it stops looks, looks down, down he's like oh that's wet he scoots out of the puddle to another spot looks at us points to the puddle and goes back to playing <laughs> uh you got to take care of this this is disgusting yeah. guys <laughs> that was the look he the, it's like man the service from the the weight the from the cleaning staff in this in this establishment is really lacking look at this puddle that just just happened he, well, he pointed at it a couple of times he wasn't just uh, like yeah. gotta like, take he, care of this he, he kept reading was like guys kept gesturing to it he's just like he would look at it, point like point at it, or open his hand towards it, look at us, and then go back to what he was doing. A minute would go by and look back at it. Obviously, you were not getting the hint. <laughs> they were too busy being in shock. We got our uh, first uh, daycare like bad child report this week. Oh, uh, uh, Zella was eating off of like throwing away her food and then eating off other kids' plates. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. But the kicker is the kid that she's decided that she's eaten off his plate or her plate, I don't know which, has autism. Oh. And so, like, he doesn't eat his food all at once. He, like, pick, comes back, leaves, comes back, picks off of it. And oh. so she's, like, as he's away doing his stuff before he comes back and picks, she's over there, like, eating his plate. We're oh. like, oh, as if it weren't bad enough. This is getting worse. <laughs> so... We, uh, we've decided now that we're doing all of our feeding family style at the table. So she gets to pick what she wants on her plate, and then that's hers. And nobody else's is is allowed. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll get that trained in and then great. Well, she's eating because ours just doesn't eat. Yeah. <laughs> she, I mean, she she's doing better. Um, Frank doesn't care. He'll, like, clean a plate. But Zella, like, will not eat and then come back and be like, oh, yeah, I'm okay now. I'm ready to eat. So yeah, like, well, it, that would be times nice. when she decides. Mm. Emmett never comes back and decides. Oh, it's time to eat. He's just like, like I'm not yeah. gonna eat. And then the day ends, <laughs> and he's yeah. never eaten. And we're like, and the daycare reports are like they never say how much he ate. And mm-hmm. so we're like, we don't know if he ate today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I'm leaving daycare, and I typically want to go get him a bite to eat because. You know, who knows the last time that they ate at that stage. Um, well, apparently, you 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 know when Zella ate because she's mm. eating. Whenever she took that ate. other kid. Yeah, <laughs> you got to report at least once. Jeez, <laughs> at least once she ate. <laughs> uh, but uh, we we were like, nah, we knew it was going to be her. 
She was the so, one. Honestly, when you said it was a child report, like, like someone acted up, I went, I'm, I'm almost willing to put money at Zella. I yep. just I can just picture Zella going like, no, whatever. I, I do what I want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, we got the, um, on Friday when I picked Emmett up, we got the, uh, I guess it's the the new teacher there. They call her the potty training guru. She's just came out like gushing over Emmett. She's like, I love him. He's my favorite. He's so sweet and he's doing so well and all this. And I was like, he's the exact opposite at home. <laughs> she was just yeah, like well, shocked. And I was like, he'll look us in the face and piss in the floor. And we're like, he does not care at home. And she's like, well, I don't understand that. And I was like, <laughs> neither do you. Uh, all right, guys. I think... I think we should uh, move on to well. Normally we talk about news, but that we we spun that off into a show a hundred episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the hundred and first episode this week. Yeah, yeah, craziness. One hundred and one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you go check that out. It's in its own separate feed. Uh, you and hear about uh, stuff in there today. <laughs> hear about New Belgium making bad beer for a purpose intentional this time yeah uh and uh how some company in san diego is trying to uh trying to break my spirit also the most expensive irish whiskey i don't know if ever but probably currently on the market Mm. to be fair it is a like the packaging is on point for the for the price point been aged 45 years or something like that Yeah. yeah the and what was the it was like it it's been in and out of like eight different barrels i don't know it's crazy it was like laid it was distilled in the 70s yeah some crazy stuff so you can go check that out over in uh have a drink news feed but uh for today i believe we may may have a talk I mean, I mean, we've got we've got stuff to talk about. It's fine. <laughs> well, no, no, just not not my favorite style. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> we've we were both over here just like we got to get through this. Class. I've not, I've not had one in a long time, <laughs> and I know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming back to you now. Yeah, no, um, no, no, just no. Well, apparently Chris and Brittany have something against this Belgian style, uh, Flander, uh, from Flanders. That is an ale uh, with a character that uh, character and balance, thanks to thanks to lactic sourness and acetic acid. Uh, generally, there is a cherry-like flavor and a malt sweetness that can lend to the bitterness, and a cocoa-like fl- character. Uh, oak or other wood-like flavors may be present, even if the beer wasn't aged in barrels. That's a neat trick. Uh, Overall, the style is characterized by slight to strong lactic sourness, and Flanders reds uh, sometimes include a balanced degree of uh, acetic acid. Well, a broad uh, selection of flavors and aromas are are possible within the style of lambic and, uh, pardon, uh, Flanders uh, red-brown beers. 
broader than the style guidelines may suggest, one Lambic is more different than the next uh, than most Pilsners or Pale Ales. The, ter- uh, the terroir. Hmm. Terroir. Terroir. Never say terroir. I feel like I'm doing Peter Cook and Princess Bride. My way. My way is what brings us together. Whoa. Whoa. I could do... I could... I could do the entire movie from that point on. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the terroir of the brewery, uh, plus the type of wort produced uh, and the reuse of yeast in succeeding batches, determine the difference in character between the traditional Lambic and the Flanders red-brown beers. Uh, the terroir of the brewery must be favorable for fermenting wild beer. da 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 <laughs> You make my heart cheer. Da, 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 da. Uh, whether that includes the flora, air, roof, walls, and uh, or the barrels. Yeah. From the roof uh, to the walls. Uh, <laughs> the sweat runs down my... <laughs> barrels. Barrels. <laughs> Oh, that's these, a shirt right there. The, the front of it just says, from the roof to the walls, and then dot, dot, dot. <laughs> then the back. The sweat, sweat runs, runs down, down my, my barrels. Barrels. The, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the style that if you're if you're making this, if you're judging in a competition, you crack this thing open, it's in its own separate room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's very much um, port like but sour port i don't know not um, good port that's gone bad <laughs> i like it but it's one of those beers that you are definitely in moderation like a 12 ounce beer is typically good for one person in flanders i think a 12 ounce beer is good for four <laughs> yeah <laughs> too true too because true. it's just so acidic usually we're having problems getting through this can so. <laughs> yeah you're oh. you're drinking and you're just kind of like hmm I feel like I just brushed my teeth in orange juice. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, it just reminded me like we need another sounder. We need the Garth from Wayne's World too. Going when he takes a sip of the whiskey and he's like, "This Coke's gone bad." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think you can make this kind of beer just anywhere. It talks about the terroir, but like. It really the the types of yeast that are just hanging around mm-hmm. that area of the world makes so much of a difference in this beer, because um, mm. it is a wild fermented beer. Um, you're you're literally capturing the yeast out of the air. You just set it out in an open field and see what it see uh, what comes in. Close. See what it I, you you get what's called a cool ship, and so you got a like a big open top vessel that is. Um, Usually at the top of a brewery, so like up in a loft or something like that. Sometimes in the attic of a brewery, there are cobwebs around, and then each you know spiders are you, part of the terroir. They are absolutely, um, and I'm not even kidding about that. They fall in. Uh, they don't. Um, they don't knock the cobwebs down because they they feel like it's part of the whole <laughs> process. They're just riding above the 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 mash tun, just as like. Some beer. <laughs> Some <laughs> beer. 
so the, so the alcoholic cool Charlotte. <laughs> these cool ships have um, they're located in usually like these rooms that have um, windows with louvers on them and so you can open and close the window shutters to let fresh air in but that fresh air brings in yeasts from outside and so the yeast floating on the air comes in drops in the beer as it's cooling and starts this souring process which then is continued on and in, in barrels but it's kind of just a, had a way had a terrible idea uh which is to open up somewhere that makes uh you know these flanders style beers in a in a ship on land <laughs> that you, know, you open up spots cool. to you open up spots to let the, the the yeast come in from outside, but then like a bad storm comes in, you're like batten down the hatches. <laughs> that's, that's the name of the brewery. <laughs> All right, well, it's, uh, it's kitschy, but it's not going to last. No, let's let's dig into these. Uh, we got the Udbrun, otherwise known as a Flanders Brown. The name Udbruns. Oh, yeah, Udbruns a much better name than Flanders Brown. Means old brown, <laughs> but yeah, old you, brown. you don't want to say old brown. Put like a Scottish accent on it for some reason. Yeah, like, we need like Gerard Butler or, or Billy, do, I need do you Billy Connolly. Do you, do you imagine like the like someone from Flanders comes to like goes to, like Louisville, Kentucky, and they're like, you know, they see a hot brown, they're like, who's serving hot beer? <laughs> the English. <laughs> hot brunes. Hot brunes. <laughs> All right, well, these beers were kept uh, as so-called provision beers to be stored and allowed to allowed the flavor to develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leafman's Brewery has been brewing the style since the 17th century, coming from the eastern side of the Flemish region of Belgium. I'm sure someone had a mild fit at how I said that. Uh, it's defined by a visibly browner color due to malting. Often, almost said malting, <laughs> malting. <laughs> often, but not always, warm aged in steel fermenters versus uh, oak barrels, and thus requiring additions of bacteria. Mm, that's so interesting. New world process versus old world process. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, we're using these nice steel containers. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. All right, dump some bacteria in there. But Get out the we, we have these we nice gotta... things. We have these nice clean things to stop that from happening. Yeah, we can't get the style without it. <laughs> we it turns out we need it to be filthy. So, uh, but Udbrun is not a precise term. Some of the beers that uh, use it are actually Flanders Reds by character, and others exhibit a uh, little tartness. Uh, you want a lot of tart. Well, not want. But the style's going to give you a style lot. style wants a lot of tartness. Yeah, the style wants a lot, even if you don't. Uh, the term literally refers to a traditional... Brune going to give it to you. <laughs> it is. Traditional dark beer produced by Flanders, rather than a beer that meets a specific style. Simply put, dark, sourish beers were once the rage in Flanders. The distinction between the beers of East and West Flanders is a modern concept. I thought that yeah. bit was actually really interesting. So I'm like, oh, okay. so it's okay. So the red versus brown ales for Flanders, you're just like, oh, this is actually just us being weird. 
There ain't mm. no party like a West Flanders party. <laughs> yeah. The style's ABV ranges wildly uh, from 4% to 11%. <laughs> Jesus. I couldn't handle no. an 11%. I would Sour? Yeah. I feel like no one style should have a variance range that <laughs> wide. Four and 11. You know, whatever, you know. It's like, how much is in there? Some? I don't know, man. Who are you judging? <laughs> we don't take drinking. measurements. <laughs> With the American versions trending to the higher end of the spectrum and more tradition... Yeah, more traditional Belgian releases falling between 4 and 8%. Flavors can vary with the esters, commonly exhibiting dark fruits, raisins, figs, dates, dark cherries, and prunes. I 1,000% yeah, totally see there. and get that. And malts contributing caramel, toffee, orange, molasses, or chocolate. Lactobacillus and pediococcus? Pediococcus, yep. All right. Woo! Score one for me. <laughs> Bacteria are often used as souring agents. Historical examples tended to be more sour than modern commercial products. Can you imagine? Jesus Christ. Think about that, Chris. It used to be more sour. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, made from pale malt and dark Munich and Caravienna malts with... Continental. Oh. Continental or British hop. I was, I was starting to read ahead while I was trying to read oh. a word, and my mind just like broke. <laughs> I could suddenly see the future. <laughs> East, and it was me like stuttering. East Flanders browns contain about twice as much bitterness as desired in Flanders red, though mellowed by a malty sweetness. Huh. And I say, we actually, we, well, we'll get into what we're drinking. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, hmm. wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. So lacto, of course, lactic acid bacteria creates a, a lactic sourness. So think, um, think like you were, nope. uh, yeah, like yogurt, sour milk, um, your kettle soured beers that are out yeah. there right now. Um, those like Midwest fruit tarts yeah. will be that, but just at a very low level. Uh, pediococcus is a really weird one cause it's kind of in a world of its own, um, it will actually cause a beer to become sick, quote unquote, <laughs> um, and it gets ropey. Turn, and, turn your uh, malt and cough. <laughs> <laughs> ropey is a term that is almost <laughs> like slimy. Uh, yeah, it's, no, I could see that. And so it, it, if you were to pick the beer Oops. up, it would act like slime. And, and it can go through the sick phase and then a few days later become unsick and turn back into regular, like, it's, regular beer again. The so beer got vaccinated. It's <laughs> so weird. Okay. Um, no, I, I completely see all this. Yeah, no. I, I oh, no. It's... <laughs> All right. Well, um, so we talked about the uh, the Flanders brown, basically. Rude. Yeah, the uh, Flanders red, which is also apparently called just a Flemish red. So uh, it gets its name from its birthplace. This is in West Flanders. So the Oudbruin is in East Flanders. Red Red Ales West Flanders. In West Flanders, born and raised. Yes. In the fields are um, where it spent most of its days. <laughs> Relaxing, uh, relaxing. Getting all so, cool, ship. <laughs> <laughs> brewing some, brewing some reds. After school, sorry. 
<laughs> I lost he had it. to finish the. It's like we're. I want to see how it ends now. Um, <laughs> so uh, plus it's a couple of guys. Worse. They were up to no good. Couple of started, bacteria. Couple of bacteria. They were up to no good. Started brewing trouble in the neighborhood. Nice. <laughs> we're gonna stop now because because <laughs> you're gonna kill me. Um. <laughs> so anyway, yes. Uh. Blah, blah, blah. So. Anyway, so the red ale gets its name from the from its birthplace, but also from its color, which usually ends up somewhere along the lines of ruby to burgundy. Um, the color kind of hints at the flavor to come. <laughs> Complex fruit flavors, black cherries, orange, red currants, which we kind of talked about already, which play into some Munich and Vienna malts with vanilla or chocolate notes borrowed from the oak aging process. So this one actually is aged in oak. Uh, varying degrees of sourness to zing it all up, because this is Lactobacillus and Brettanomyces, one we're a little bit more familiar with. Um, the most wine-like beer there is in terms of flavor and, coincidentally, appearance. So, uh, I mean, tr- it is, looks nothing like champagne. Fact, yes. <laughs> um, uh, traditional Flanders <laughs> brews... Brewers generally produce red beers from moderately kilned malts and continental or British hops. Low alpha acid uh, varieties are preferred but not essential. Alternately, some brewers will produce a wort solely from Pilsner malt and blend with a darker beer at bottling. Um, Notice that as a theme for the reds, that it's, it's a blend of things. The red ales may be originally fermented with a pure strain of Saccharomyces, uh, yeast or mixed culture containing both yeast and bacteria. After the primary fermentation is complete, resident yeasts and bacteria acidify the beer in oak barrels over a period of up to three years, and it darkens a bit from exposure to oxygen and wood. Upon the completion of aging, different batches will be blended to taste young and old beer to produce the final product. So the red ales are actually have a very interesting, like, this is how you make this kind of thing. Um, the Flanders Red Beer Brewers. They're, they're on the west side. They're closer to France, and they just went. What if we felt more like wine? Hmm, basically, um, Flanders Red Brewers freely admit that there is less aged beer going into the final product, as there appears to be less demand for the acidic character in their beer. You don't say. Uh, recently, <laughs> a pale version or two has been released without blending a darker beer just to reinforce the point of making a good beer and not a narrow style. Uh, and a lot of this, a lot of that stuff is from that awesome uh, Wild Brews book. Wild wow, Brews. <laughs> what these beers share in common is that they are distinctly unlike the Lambic style, which comes from the wheat tradition instead of the barley side. Completely fermented spontaneously. Conversely, these brown and red sours are more learned, uh, are more learned era where the brewers can control what bacteria they were adding. Um, learned, maybe. Uh, in this case, Saccharomyces lactobacillus, Pediococcus, and a secondary dote of Brettanomyces um, after the original fermentation. A mixed culture recipe that is said to have originated at Rodenbach where you get your Rodenbach Grand Cru. 
The main difference with these beers, based on the Rodenbach method, is that Flanders Reds are aged in barrels or fooders for 8 to 18 months, depending on the brand. The aforementioned cocktail of bacteria added in secondary fermentation, then blending of older fooders with newer ones, um, is the, part of that process. Old Bruin in the Lifeman's Gord, Gold Gaudum brand tradition. It wouldn't be an episode if we didn't hit a word that no one can say. Uh, is brewed with the three bacterial strains, added to the mash, open fermented like a lambic, then added to stainless steel tanks. So you get. That's so interesting no that bread, they put in the no barrel. Aged without bread or barrel. That's. Yeah. That's a weird thought. I was going to say, though, like, uh, it was funny that I, I came close to grabbing a lambic just to get something that was from the right region, if not the right style. When I was having trouble finding something, uh, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. Just, hmm. just because I'm like, yeah, it it seems like it wouldn't even been like even anywhere near. Yeah, it's it's pretty different. Yeah. Um, lambics that you can get commercially, at least right now, are mostly um, fruited no, beers. Yeah, they are fruity boys, which yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I that's would, why I was like, yeah, it's not going to be the right. There was a cherry version of what uh, I got <laughs> us. I wish I had gotten it. <laughs> Anything else in there <laughs> would be an improvement. Now, yeah, would a, a creek is a is a separate style? Would it? But it yeah. would it be like close ish to? Depends on how sour it is, because yeah. like your your Flanders are sour. Sour. Yeah, um, they're up there. Um, as far as BJCP is concerned, Flanders Red is more wine-like, red wine-like, due to generally fruity flavors, black cherry, plum, orange, red currants, etc., uh, featuring a balanced to intense sour aroma, uh, with the barrel aging giving more tannic and generally a drier finish. The Old Bruin, on the other hand, is described as a malty, fruity aged, somewhat sour, Belgian-style brown ale. Uh, it's best not to dwell necessarily on the styles of these brews, however. Uh, just enjoy them. Well, they... It's best to just not dwell on them <laughs> <laughs> at all. Maybe I don't know. Um, you know, I'm looking at, at what we've got here, which is some stuff from Beer Advocate about you know some commercially available versions of each, and uh, this looks a lot like what I was looking at when I was hmm. walking through the store. Because usually, anytime I'm trying to find something to style, I'm on Beer Advocate going, "All right, what's what you got for me? What's my best options?" I actually did have one of these here at the health. I didn't realize that. Mm. Um, La Roja from Jolly Pumpkin. Oh. Uh, but I, I don't need a 750 of that tonight. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just seeing that name and I'm just like... Slight spoiler, lawfully this year's uh, variant was out and I almost grabbed it. But it was in a gargantuan bottle. I don't know. I, I feel like it was larger than a 750. And I was like, you know, not going to venture there. <laughs> and, and oddly, I've heard more. I've heard of more of the ones in the in the Flanders Brown than in the red. Like mm -hmm. the red ones, obviously, just like classic. Like a lot of those are definitely things I can't pronounce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Rodenbach's Grand Crew have had them. A few times. Um, I don't know if I've ever had their classic, though. La Roja I've had a few times. Um, you all are having 
one of those, correct? Yes. So. <laughs> uh, it, it's also interesting, like, uh, so it's a lot of the same brewery, that uh, word that... I like that uh, one's just uh, the brewery, uh, brewery terroir. Oud tart. Yeah. Oud tart. Yeah. Oud tart. The old tart. Old tart. Call her. Yeah. I mean. God, that's. Named after uh, the head brewer's wife. <laughs> I'll have the old tart. Uh, I mean, all right, I'll call her over. It's funny, like how many of the Oud Bruin, um, you, obviously first on the list is the La Folie, like we mentioned, but like Deschutes has one, Nuclearis, Goose Island, Omegang. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, okay. Well, I mean, you could put it in a barrel and age it. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> the that's, the, that's what America loves. This is true. We love it when Oak gets involved. All right, the other thing I, I and I want to try to provide a link to this on the, um, on the show notes. Because I just love, like, the, the so craftbeer.com always does those nice, it's, it's practically looks like an infogra- infographic, mm. but it's just the page. <laughs> um, but they always always have, like, you know, the beer poured in a glass. You get to, a general idea of the color and the bitterness and all that stuff. Um, now, interestingly, though, it just has Belgian-style Flanders on there. It does not distinguish between red or brown. So it's just kind of like up to each style where you're going to go. It's yeah. uh, it's SRM, however, is uh, pretty wide. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's a bit of a gap there. Um, but hmm. so the other thing I like about their their notes on here, they always give food pairings, which I think mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Um, which I wonder if that would help with this because pumpkin pie with this, huh. I'm like maybe because mm. of the intense. You know, usually you get a lot of spices in the pumpkin pie, and it could go with this. I don't know what that um, second thing is. <laughs> it looks like cheese in the picture. Um, uh, mimolette. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mimolette. It's a um, an orangish aged cheese. Um, it, the weird thing about it is, it's hard, I think, to to find it in the U.S. Because it's okay. got cheese mites on the outside, Whoa. and so there's a bug that some people have like an allergic reaction to. I <laughs> thought you were about to say that it's uh, not uh, not pasteurized. Uh, no, I think well, if you if you use non-pasteurized cheeses as in the U.S. at least, as long as they're aged, I think six months, you can actually sell a non-pasteurized mm-hmm. cheese, but you gotta age it for I think six months. You gotta scrape the mites off first. <laughs> you you don't eat them. They're on like the outside of of what the the cheese, but it's <laughs> it's kind of cool that fire. It, it's kind of cool that they like. It's part of the process that these mites like just chew on it, and you're like, all right, have at it, buddy. I guess yeah. I like mites. cheese, but I'm I'm bowing out on that one. <laughs> That's a big old nope. Well, um, <laughs> Look, the the mite dung is part of the experience. Uh, so then finally at the bottom of this page, they offer up, which I always I just think this is interesting because we're drinking this beer. I'm like, Oh, okay. So it, it says other styles you may like at, uh, in relation to, to this one, uh, obviously fruit and field beer, which I assume involves, mm. I, I don't know. <laughs> sure. That would make sense. Yeah. But the Vienna style lager and drinking this, I'm like, yeah, no, I can see it. Uh, and then American brown Can't- ale. 
Mm. Maybe the brown ale. Vienna style lager is very different. Yes. It is, except well, we'll I mean, talk it uses that. We'll they they it. can they can use some of the same same malts, I guess, but taste you, know. you are. It's a thing. I someone has to say let, let's Let's go into what we're drinking. I mean, we're, 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 we're drinking. So, drink before we... with me, friend. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, sorry. What? Do like uh, no, Casey. Whatever your thought was. We've... In my research rabbit hole of Wikipedia here, going through it and looking at cheese mites, oh, God. there is a 1903 British documentary called The Cheese Mites. <laughs> <laughs> and right. I want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I want to watch that too. I want I. That's just because I'm boring. But the uh... plot, the plot of this entire one, is a gentleman is put off his lunch when he holds up a magnifying glass and sees a microscopic view of cheese mites in his Stilton cheese sandwich. That's the plot. <laughs> uh, I can't hear the word Stilton without thinking about Monty Python, the cheese shop sketch. Oh, really? That's what <laughs> the... you think about? I go to Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Maybe a nice Stilton. Oh, the cat ate it. Uh, some Gier. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm seeing some of the chat. I prefer cartoons with cheese mites a la Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Fair. All right, so someone's getting ready to tell us what they get out of these styles that they get out of everything, it seems like. That's where I was going. All, Vienna uh, style lager and Flanders red have the Campbell's tomato soup situation in common. Everything and tastes a, like Campbell's tomato soup. There's got to be something. There's got to be something. Something about the uh, about the Vienna malt that sets sets I, that off on you. Maybe that's what it is. You know, mm-hmm. that that just ruins me. Um, but also, this is straight up nail polish remover. <laughs> mm. It's rough. Uh, no, we had. Two different even, ones. We're not opening the bottle. It took me a while to take a drink because I was like, "Oh, this smell." And she <laughs> saw my face when I took a drink, so we cracked the can because I was like, "Yeah, let me." Sh- there's a we have a a can of. <laughs> I've. <laughs> hold it. no, you're. No, it's no. still fuzzy. It's fine. <laughs> it's trying, but not really to focus on it. But yeah, I, yeah, the Duchess, uh, in the petite. Poutine. aluminum can and now I can't finish it and then I was like we've got a full bottle of the regular Duchess and I was like nope <laughs> not even opening it and I went and just grabbed some random blonde out of the fridge and I was like nope we gotta wash that taste out of our mouth Shadow Light oh. 13 in the in the chat she, uh, 30, 13, 35 Jesus I can't read uh, just saying that, like they love the Duchess I do not good for you so I'm so happy for you. Udbrun has always been a, a big no-go for me. And a, I will always say, revisiting beers and styles I have not liked in the past is still one of my big things. Like I constantly want to revisit things I have not liked because you <laughs> never know when your palate has completely flipped and you're going to love something you used to hate. I still do not prefer this. So, so I will never love Pilgrim's Dole. You can't go. <laughs> So they're noting oh. in the chat that it's best on tap or in a bomber. Um, <laughs> I wasn't buying a bomber. Yeah. That was for damn sure. Now we're drinking out of, we, we 
poured from a can into our glasses. So I don't know what you know how much that has. It to was do with the anything. first Belgian I've seen in a can. So I was just like, you know what, F it, we got to try. Yeah, that. but so That's it's a little weird. This is this is a Flanders red. Um, he said he, he couldn't find an uh, Oudbrun style, um, which now I I deeply regret. But um, I don't know if it would have been better, honestly, though. To be fair, uh, so it's, this is four and a half percent ABV, and um, yeah, it, I now this this was the first one on the Flanders Red list from Beer Advocate, so I, apparently it's you know popular, I guess. <laughs> Hmm. But uh, it's popular somewhere. Not our jam, turns out. <laughs> not uh, not about it at all. And I didn't even look up the rating. I need to do that. Why didn't you look up the rating? I don't know. But yeah, uh, not not a fan at all. I, hmm. I wish we weren't drinking the style. <laughs> this is the one time we're like. Eh. I enjoy it. It's I, it's a little different, but I enjoy it. Oh, it's different. It's more it different is. than I cared for it to be. Yeah, I was hoping what? to to find one. I just hadn't. Uh, uh, the score on Beer Advocate is ninety four. People who are I'm, into this style yeah. are into it. <laughs> yeah, it come off as soy saucy. Yeah, I see that. Yes, yes, it does. Pairs well with salty foods. Hmm, maybe that could be good. So I will say that. Uh, as to hit the point again about uh, it, possibly needs to be like an Epicurean kind of adventure i feel that way because uh, urban artifact has a whole epicurean series and they're like you need to have this beer with food and i've been like yeah that's what you say and then i had the like wild mushroom <laughs> beer and i because i had a couple of those and i dr- tried to drink one just without anything and i couldn't drink it and then later on i was like oh let's have let's actually do it the way you're supposed to and i loved it with food <laughs> By itself, I hated it. I say, maybe we should just always have cheese present, you know. See, so I, this I feel like this would fall into that category, and we need to have one with the correct meal and let yeah. it shine. Yeah. See, uh, yeah, there's probably a bit of that. And when you mentioned the Epicurean series, I remember having one of them that you had given me, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I don't have the right food for it, but you know, whatever, we'll, we'll give it a shot." And I'm like, "I should have had the right food for this. This was." <laughs> Yeah, the one I had was uh, they had uh, shiitake mushrooms. It was a shiitake mushroom uh, wild ale, and by itself, you're just listening to that going, "Oh God!" <laughs> but when you paired it with food, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah that umami. That's, that's mm-hmm. our problem there, really. But anyway, um, what do you what do you got, Bob? Well, uh, I grabbed something actually. You guys had sent down that I've been hanging on to for a minute. Something awesome. And it was uh, the tiramisu demogorgon from Streetside. Really, you're the you're the first one of us that's been like that is my jam. The rest of us coughed and we're like, God. Oh no, <laughs> this has been sitting around for a bit though, so maybe that had something to do with it. Because it's be, because because it's super it's just fresh. It was oh, it was too much. <laughs> oh, see, this has been all uh, all just like vanilla and marshmallowy deliciousness. Mm. I'm, I'm, I need to revisit them. I cracked one fresh, and it. Oh. It's got, yeah, it's got a little bit of uh, some, uh, uh, some stuff on the end that kind of keeps it from being like absolutely perfect, but, but it's been real good, uh, especially like when I got it like kind of right out of the fridge, a little bit cold, you know, fairly cold, 
it's better. It was it was great. Warming up, you're getting a little, probably a couple little uh, flavors. Maybe that's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it's still got like, some of that coffee and some of the. Uh, uh, well. I just want an actual tiramisu now. <laughs> but yeah, it's because uh, it's supposed to be like coffee, vanilla, and probably something else. But I don't think it's probably necessarily exactly what they meant it to be. But it's been it's been real good. Uh, like I said, especially with it uh, having been sitting in my fridge for I don't know how how long has that been since it was put out. I have no idea. They've been sitting around here for Not quite recently. a while. I was gonna say it's been <laughs> at least months. Oh See, yeah, and that one would also be really good with some kind of actual dessert, like no, not to actually have with a tiramisu. Mm. But if you had it with like biscotti or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, my roommate had got uh, some kind of weird vanilla chocolatey something uh, as some kind of dessert. That's like, oh, here's a like I said, like you know, hydroxic Oreos or something crumbled into the top of it, uh, and and fudge on the bottom and. You look at it and it's like it's like it's supposed to be like the kind of like a brownie and I'm like, it's not like a brownie. It's basically just like chocolate fudge with like Oreo filling with some Oreo crumbles on it, which is not. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I didn't say there was a problem with it. It just <laughs> I looked at it and what I would have liked was like a little more more thickness to it, like some like you know consistency on the bottom. Hmm. Uh, but I had that just before I started having this too. That probably also maybe kind of go like, no, I was primed. I was ready for this. <laughs> you are describing a beer. On that one, no. The uh, the be beer awesome. I'm having, ne- yeah, the thing I had just before the beer probably led to, to this being pretty good. Also, um, talking about the pairing with foods and things makes me think uh, these styles, the Flemish red and the Oudebrun are prime targets for miracle fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Pop some miracle yes. fruits and drink through some I've of got, these and see see how our minds I've got change. Some, I've got some fresher ones uh, sitting around. That's that, that needs to like be. Cool. That sounds like a patron episode. That that needs to be a patron episode. We need to do sometime this year. Mm. We need to get together and record some patron only stuff, and then when our palates are completely blown. Pop a couple tabs and do that. Yep. <laughs> my thumbs up right now. Make it sound like it's an acid trip we're getting ready to go on. I mean, it is for your taste buds. What kind of acid? I mean, oh, look, oh, oh. It's like, look, I have had one of those and then immediately had like a uh, one of the Sour Sister series from. Uh, uh, I was going to say an acid trip? No. The, the Miracle Fruit ones. And then it just turned like this tart creek kind of beer turned into a bad in... trip no it turned it into pixie sticks i did that on the show so like it's one of those like somewhere back there you can find it <laughs> yeah god i don't even remember when that was now all right casey all right. what are you uh what do you got going on high quality h2o i was gonna say uh <laughs> two parts hydrogen one part oxygen <laughs> Yep, I've uh, been drinking all day, so slowing this <laughs> roll. <laughs> I started at 9.45. Because I'll be doing it again all day tomorrow. That's exactly right. Sweating. You need a little little beer to keep it going, but I, I had like a 15% sake today and a, like I don't know, probably 11, 12% for the, the two 
Baba Yaga's that I had, so. <laughs> had the whole bottle of sake. I needed some hydration because uh, there certainly wasn't a whole lot in that Baba. <laughs> I mean, probably more than there was in the bottle of sake. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, just water right now. I may have, I should have gotten the La Roja out for, uh, from, uh, no, let me rephrase that. I should not have, which I didn't, but I could have gotten the La Roja out from uh, uh, Jolly Pumpkin uh, since it is a Flanders style. But uh, I think I'm okay with passing on that one. We'll let it age a few more years. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It could just become straight vinegar. Because That's what I would you're be playing a dangerous game. Well, here's. So here's what makes um, the difference between that beer and vinegar. The only difference is oxygen, really. Um, a, little, a little acetobacter, maybe, because um, those may or may not have acetobacter bacteria in there, uh, which is your vinegar-creating bacteria. Uh, but oxygen and acetobacter is what makes vinegar. So um, without oxygen, you're not going to get it. Without acetobacter, you're not going to get it. Uh, so being in a bottle, you're at least lucky that it really would have a hard time getting oxygen in there to transform. It'll be a fine line though. But you did say, you know, nail polish remover earlier. And I think that's pretty common for the style. Like a little bit of that nail polish remover aroma and flavor. Some astringency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we're just about done. Uh, Uh, but probably should let you know that today's episode was brought to you by one Brittany Lee Walker as she pulled from uh, various sources, be it, yes. uh, uh, be, it sure. the, be it wikis or uh, vinepair craftbeer.com or uh, and then of course uh, um, the book Wild Brews. Which is uh, really good if you uh, need to, to look up some information and you install the Kindle app for your Mac or PC and <laughs> just go from there. <laughs> All right. You can subscribe, though. In the meantime, you get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us on Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. Don't, uh, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Uh, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Or you can use the feedback page on the website or, you know, scream to the heavens. Maybe it'll eventually get to us. We're not in the heavens, but, you know, we'll see what happens. All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Yes. Okay. Well, you can check us out in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. And uh, also remember to check out our uh, ways to support the show, patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow, but also haveadrinkstore.com where we have new merch. All right. And uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>